بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. My brothers and sisters, we all know that helping people is a duty of ours as believers. We believe in Allah. He is the maker who made me, he made you, he made entire creation. This creation was not created without a purpose. Part of the deal is that those who are able and capable to assist those who are incapable and unable should do so. So if you are able to assist someone else, the connection between you and the rest of the creatures of Allah from the greatest distance would be the bare minimum your creator is one. This includes animals and plants and this environment, the, the globe, the other planets, Mars and whatever else you want to say, the moon, everything created by whom? Allah. Allah asks you to ponder over the creation of the skies and the earth. And he says that that pondering itself, those who think about how the day and the night rotate and spend time to do that are actually the intelligent. They are the ones who are those with sound minds. Ulul albab. Why would that be? Because it leads you to understand and realize the greatness of the creator. And how small and minute we are. We've spoken about this in the past. The vastness of what lies beyond this particular earth. But today, I'd like to highlight the benefit of reaching out to others. Why? What is it in there for me? And the reason why I have to say this is, man is such that if there's no benefit for him somewhere, he becomes reluctant. He becomes reluctant. You have a deal. Someone says, can you give me $200? It is very difficult for people of today to come up and say, yes, I will give you. Number one. And you give it away. Or a good person will still say, I give you 200. Give me back the 200 in a year. Still a good man. But it is so tempting to ask, what is in it for me? Subhanallah. Because that is human. You see the nafs, the soul, the people, the, in, the inside. Allah speaks about how selfish, high level of selfishness. Each one wants goodness for himself. When you can break that barrier, you've connected with Allah. When you can break that barrier of selfishness to a level of selflessness, you have connected with Allah in a much greater way. So we ask Allah to grant us the ability to care, not just for ourselves, but for all others. That's why if you take a careful look at man's needs, they are very basic. Beyond that need, something not necessary, you don't need it, Allah will give you. Not for you, you will die without using it. A man who's a billionaire is never going to use those billions. Never ever in his life. No matter what he does, it's either going to be wasted or something will happen. But even if he eats throughout the 24 hours of a day, 
He will not manage to complete all that or to finish the money. If he does and buys whatever luxuries, he won't get an opportunity to use all of that. Because Allah says, you know what, man, you are so minute, you are so small, your needs are so limited. We have guaranteed you that we will provide. It is upon us to provide for you the basics. وَمَا مِن دَابَّةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْقُهَا The rizq and the sustenance, the bare minimum that you need, Allah says, that's on us. Anything else, that's on you. Subhanallah. Allah provides for creatures that you and I cannot see except with a microscope. And there may be creatures that we have never seen and not known of even with microscopes. Subhanallah. Allah provides for them, those creatures. Do you reckon He's not going to provide for you and I the basics to survive? But man complains about his wants when he has his needs already. You have clothing, but because it's not Levi's. And Levi's, by the way, is a cheap brand. But because it's not something that today's world considers a brand, you cannot sleep. My friend has LV. Why don't I have LV? Subhanallah, do you have clothing? Yes, that's what Allah promised. Be happy with it. If you don't have that clock, Patek Philip or whatever it's called, it doesn't mean you, you lose sleep because your friend has or the Lamborghini or whatever. It's okay. If Allah has given you, I guarantee you it's only a test. If you found Allah in the process, you pass the test. And if you lost Allah in the process, no matter what you have, the date of your death and the moment is written, when it comes, those things would not have helped you. In fact, they would have led you astray if you disconnected from Allah in the process. That means it's not bad to have. That's what it means. But it's bad to let it distract you from Allah. When Allah's given you a billion and you suddenly become regular with your prayers, Trust me, you have succeeded. And that success would be equivalent even if you didn't have those billions. There we go. So why did Allah give me? Allah says, you know what? One example in the Quran, and there are many of them, where Allah is telling you, give from the wealth of Allah that He gave you. When you came on earth, what did you have? Not even clothing. The people around you had to clothe you. So you can never claim that you've got less than what you came with because you came with zero. Right now you're sitting here, you might be bankrupt. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us halal sustenance. What you have is way beyond what you came with. Subhanallah. Notice when you were born, you were nude. You were then quickly clothed. When you left, they clothed you and made sure you went. So you actually went with two pieces of extra cloth. That's what it is. May Allah Almighty forgive us. But man, man is created in a way that he wants. Yes, we know it's nature, it's natural. It's not bad to have work for it. This halal sustenance and to work towards halal sustenance is a great act of worship. May Allah bless you and I and all of us with sustenance that will be halal and in abundance so that we can connect with him. Say Amin. That was quite loud, mashallah. Meaning everyone wants it. I do, you do, we all do. But what is the test? Are you earning halal, number one? Are you ripping others off, number two? In the process, has it humbled you as you got? Have you connected to the ground? Did you reach out to others and say, now that I got, I'm giving this one, this one, this one, not to show off, not to clock mileage, but to clock that only with Allah. Allah is watching me. I'm doing 200 secret 
acts between me and Allah that are brilliant. Why? Brothers and sisters, when you want to commit a sin, a sign of a believer is, it takes him a long time to actually get to the sin. Because many times he would say no, and he would turn away, and no, and shaitan keeps coming to him. Remember Ibrahim alayhi salam pelted the devil thrice. He overcame the devil. He came again, he pelted, he came again, he pelted him again, he came again, and so on. Subhanallah. So if they were faced with shaitan many times, you and I will be faced with shaitan also many, many times. And I tell you what, a believer stays away as far as possible and avoids it and so on. If right at the end of that road, shaitan managed to trap a believer, it can happen. And a believer falls, the first thing is, the sin is committed in private in secret. That's a sign of a believer. The minute you openly commit sin and you're proud of it, you're defying Allah, you're playing a game with some thing that you're not supposed to be playing with. You're actually challenging your creator. You made this haram. I'm going to show you. I'll drink or I'll do this and I'll publicly tell people what's the big deal. You're playing a game when Allah's punishment comes. We ask Allah to save us. So a true believer, even if they fall, they fall privately. And as soon as a sin is committed, they are embarrassed. They regret. That's a sign of a believer. When your good deed makes you happy, you get up for tahajjud one day and you feel so good about it. That's a sign that you're a true believer. That's why you're feeling good. Other people get up the same time in the morning. They did not feel as good as you about getting up so early. You felt good because why? Well, you're a believer. I got up today. It's early. Nice. I read some. I made dua. I cried to my maker. What's that? It's a sign that you're a, you're a good man. You're a good woman. You're, you're, you're a believer. You believe in Allah by the will of Allah. And when you commit a sin and you regret it, it's also a sign you're a believer. You know I'm answerable to Allah. That's what it is. I'm answerable. Allah can punish me. Alima abdi anna lahu rabban my worshipper now has recognized that he has a Lord in charge. He can either punish him or forgive him. There goes. May Allah Almighty grant us. So my brothers and sisters, when that sin is committed and the regret comes in, it's a sign of a believer. The one who openly commits a sin is playing a dangerous game. But the point I want to raise is, in the same way you'd love your sin to be a secret and not to be exposed, we should also have brilliant good deeds that we want to keep a secret and not to expose them. So when you go on the day of judgment, you arrive in front of Allah. These are five deeds that are going to embarrass you. But there are another 50 deeds that you also did secretly between you and Allah that are brilliant. No one knew. I knew. Allah knew. That's it. And maybe if it's a charity and a third person involved, they might know minimum. I didn't do it to clock mileage. That's what it is. Allah knows it. Surely then you're, you have greater hope. We helped. So why did Allah give you? Allah gave you so that you can give others. That's the, that's the reason. Allah speaks about in Surah Al-Layl and many other places about people who will be saved from hellfire. They will be the ones who give their wealth in charity, knowing this is not actually mine. It's an amana from Allah. How much am I going to spend? May Allah grant us. So to help others, you connect with Allah. You become selfless. You realize that what I have is temporary. I've just arrived from Pakistan. 
And the devastation there is something I never imagined, never saw, never dreamt of, never thought of. And you go there and you just become jelly. Because you realize these people had it overnight. They lost it and the water is just not receding. Four weeks on and water levels like you are what we would call in Zimbabwe at Lake Kariba and perhaps beyond. Lake Kariba is perhaps an odd five, five, six thousand square kilometers. This is way beyond that, much more than that. On boat, speedboat, you are moving from some from one village to another, trying to see who's there and help and so on. It is unbelievable what happened. I thought to myself, it's our duty to help. And at the same time, I said to myself, even in our own midst, in our own countries, right around us, there are people whom we need to help. So remember, when you make dua to Allah, Oh Allah, give me, grant me, and give me the ability to spend it in the right cause. You know, when you come to a masjid, you don't want to read behind an imam who's perhaps uh, an evil person. Your heart doesn't feel good. You might not want to read salah behind an evil person. You want to choose an imam whom you are pleased with, whom you are happy with. You are plugging in a pillar of Islam and you want to read behind a person you trust at least. In the same way, when giving your charities, you need to understand, ask Allah to accept your wealth in a good cause. That's what it is. Because there are so many people ready to spend million, millions and billions on what? Either on outright open sin or on that which is futile, a waste, or on that which is going to earn them the displeasure of Allah. But you could have used the same wealth to quietly assist this one, help that one, even if it were helping animals. Subhanallah. In Islam, we believe in serving the animals. And helping them, the only difference is Islam teaches you to prioritize. Which means if there's a man drowning and a dog drowning at the same time, you are taught to save which one first? You're taught to save both, but you start off with the human being. And then you make an intention, I'm going to come back for this dog. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. May Allah Almighty grant us a deep understanding. So don't think that we are not supposed to look after animals. We look after every, even the environment. Like I said at the beginning, it's the creation of Allah. It's there as a test for you and I. We need it. So my brothers and sisters, let's reach out. Another point. When you help people, Allah will help you straight. You might say, well, I don't need the help. Astaghfirullah. Don't even finish that sentence. You need, you, are, you and I are in Desperate need of the help of Allah. In a flash, we could become in a condition worse off than those brothers and sisters of ours. In a flash. Asking them, how was your life before this? I told a brother, don't even ask that question. Don't let their minds go back to where they were. Let's concentrate on where they are right now. Let's try and build them. If you see your brother down, many people would want to take a big 14 pound hammer and knock him further down. What is that? What did you gain? That's your brother. You might have a misunderstanding with him. No problem. It is his time of need. Reach out. Go and reach out. Even if it's a good word, brother, I'm making dua for you. We are here. If there's anything, please let me know. And don't be from among those who come up to you with something and say, would you like to have some? And they're expecting you to say no. And suddenly when you say yes, they like feel so sad. Don't be like that. When you're offering help, offer it correctly brother if you need something within my capacity i will give you the man comes to you and says listen i need this 
try your best to assist because you put your money where your mouth is. That's what it is. You don't offer, you know, something you're not going to deliver. The best is to say, brother, this is some of assistance from me to you. And you know what? I make dua for you. That's the best. What did you do? It's okay. He might say, no, no, I don't need it just yet. Or he might take it. What did you do it for? The sake of Allah. So it's we have to ask about people. One of the duties of a Muslim is to ask about his or her brothers and sisters, starting with those who are related to you, those who are your family members, because you have the parents that you are, you are sharing. And thereafter, you go further to your communities and societies where you are living. Some of the imams had actually said that when you have money of zakat, it is wrong to go beyond where your community is. If your community is in need, Obviously, if there is a greater need elsewhere, you would go there. But we're talking about the lesson that we learned from that to say, look around you. There are people around us who are struggling. People sometimes who are really struggling. And my brothers and sisters, let me quickly make mention of something interesting. I touched on it, but I must mention it. Sometimes we are not struggling. But because everyone is complaining, we begin to complain. Be careful of that. Be careful of that. You might not want to make it sound like everything is extremely rosy, but learn to respond with Alhamdulillah. Because on the day of judgment, there is a special status for those who used to praise Allah with Alhamdulillah upon all conditions. A caller will call, where are those who used to praise Allah when they were in hardship and say Alhamdulillah even when they were in ease? Where are they? So learn to thank Allah. Sometimes what we have is relatively, when I say relatively, I mean compared to those who are in a worse of condition, it's nothing. They would look at you and wish for your life with your problems and with everything you're going through. They would wish for it. And we're sitting here complaining, Allah has blessed us. Reach out to others, Allah will reach out to you. Make things easy for others, Allah will make things easy for you. That's how it should be. It's a hadith. مَن نَفَّسَ عَمْ مُسْلِمٍ كُرْبَةً مِنْ كُرَبِ الدُّنْيَا نَفَّسَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مِنْ كُرَبِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ Similar wording. Whoever creates ease for a believer, whoever creates ease in this world, Allah will create ease for them in this world and the next. Wow. I created ease. Do you know what is scary? The opposite is true. The opposite is true. That is what is scary. You create hardship for someone. Allah will create hardship for you. <laughs> that is something very scary. We don't talk about it because we are afraid. But it's a fact. If Allah is telling you make things easy, why are you making life difficult for these people? For what? Create ease. Help the people. Come, have a big heart. It's okay. If someone really deceived you a little bit here and there, if it did not really destroy you, it's okay. It's going to happen. At least your name is not from the deceivers, but from the victims. You see the point? I'm not saying go out and become a victim intentionally. You save yourself. But... Would you rather your name be from among the deceivers or the victims? A victim. Anytime when I go on the day of Qiyamah, a victim has a status. But the one who perpetrated the crime, what status do they have? May Allah forgive us. So these are a few words I thought I'd share with you in order to encourage us to help. And it doesn't mean you need to help via a specific channel that I might be requesting or someone else is requesting, you make dua to Allah, you call out to Allah, you ask Allah, oh Allah, put it in my heart. 
Help me and guide me to use what I have in the right direction. Show me the path. Show me your causes. Subhanallah. I remember once and I'll end on this. There were people some time back in some place who were going through a major drought. And some people decided, you know, we're going to distribute our zakat. And so they said, let's call all the poor people. So one of the scholars from among them told them, if you're calling the poor people, you have to give them transport. And the man says, no, they'll come. They'll collect. He says, hang on. What is zakat? This is your zakat. What is zakat? Zakat is your duty that you owe them. It's a pillar that you need to fulfill. Are you making them incur a cost to come to you to fulfill your zakat? Where is your shame? Things like these people don't think about. The man came to you to do your duty and you want him to pay for his transport. You rather add another two, three, four, whatever it is, dollars and say, Jazakallah for coming, add another little bit more. Maybe they might have had a water or something on the road. Why? But we don't think like that because you know what? Poor person for us, just give him the minimum he needs and that's it, walk out. No, reach out, give them dignity, respect. Allah chooses whom he gives and whom he doesn't give. Both of them are a test. It could be the other way around. There was a story mentioned. I know I said the other one, we would end with it, but something else came to my mind. It's fine. We have one minute. There was a story that one of the scholars mentioned in Kuwait. He says, a certain man many, many years ago went to India to work. Kuwaiti man went to India to work back before oil was discovered. And he worked for a certain family. Later on, oil was discovered. He came back to Kuwait. Everything, mashallah, started blossoming. And it turns out they employed the son of the one who had employed the father earlier. And it was the opposite. And it was much more in terms of wealth. And the father calls his own son and says, my son, I want you to honor this boy in particular. So the son says, yes, but how come him in particular? He says, because his father oppressed me so much when I worked for him. And I knew Allah would change the tables. Now that it's changed, treat him so well so that a day does not come when you and your children have to work for them once again. What a story. What a story. And this is a true story. May Allah Almighty forgive us. We don't understand. A generation, two generations pass sometimes. And we don't realize things. May Allah Almighty forgive all of us. And grant us goodness. Help us to help one another. Fi sabilillah. I am helping you. Not because I think you deserve the help. But because I love Allah. And Allah loves those who do good. If you think I'm only going to help those who deserve help. You will end up helping nobody because according to you, who deserves it? We love, we help because Allah loves those who create ease, those who do good.